listening to the Art of Fulfillment podcast. We interview the world's most fulfilled people to share with you the strategies, techniques, and ideas that can help you master your own art of fulfillment. Life isn't about external success. It's all about fulfillment. Or in other words, how you feel about yourself when you are by yourself. What's up, everybody? It's your host, Joe Corsione here, and we got an awesome episode here with one of my good friends, um, and it was actually one of the only in-person podcast interviews that we've done on the show, so a little unique, uh, a little different, but nonetheless, this is another episode jam-packed with some great information that's going to help you create a fulfilling life for yourself. So today we're speaking with my good friend, Ryan Wilson, and he is a personal trainer, athlete, and a personal development advocate who enjoys challenging himself physically and mentally. He has completed challenges such as 75 Hard, an Ironman Triathlon, and hiking Mount Kilimanjaro. He is a graduate of Fordham University and is beginning a career in health and fitness. He plans to hike all seven summits, complete an Ultraman, and has a passion for helping others to overcome challenges and becoming their best self. So please, without further ado, help me in welcoming my good friend, Ryan Wilson, to The Art of Fulfillment. Welcome on the show, Ryan. Joe, thank you very much for having me, man. I really appreciate it. Dude, of course, of course, dude. And I'm super stoked. I had to basically pressure you to be on this podcast because I thought you had such an interesting story and an interesting background, one that's very similar to me and close to home, and one that I think can really um, help people listening to this to find their path in life, learn to build resiliency, and ultimately go for big goals and dreams in your life because I think that's what you're all about, and I think it's just so it's just so awesome to be around people like that. So. Before we kind of go into, you know, the, the specifics around, you know, how you do the things that you do and what your mindset is, what, what's your story like? Like, because you have a very interesting story, you know, you're a very different person uh, now than who you were. So uh, can you kind of just explain what, our sto- what your story is and, and how you got to the point to where you're at today? So uh, first off, um, I definitely was hesitant to do the podcast. I've never actually shared my story publicly. I mean, a lot of my friends know about it, certain parts, things like that, but I've never shared it publicly, so I really appreciate you uh, pushing me to, to get out there and, and speak about it. But uh, so, so pretty much, uh, I grew up in a, in a great family, in a great area. You know, we, uh, I had everything that I, that I needed growing up as a kid, um, but uh, I was always a little different in a, in a, can't really pinpoint the way, but I was always a little different. And uh, so, so pretty much uh, went to, uh, I mean, same, same town as you, right, from Somers. Um, I was in school about second grade, and uh, you could just notice that I was different than the other kids. Um, was always, always had outbursts, always, uh, always unable to focus, couldn't look at the chalkboard. I mean, just everywhere, all over the place. So uh, my mom took me to a doctor to get uh, prescribed for uh, ADD meds, ADHD meds. So I took them, and then... Uh, like I didn't know anything. I mean, I was I was freaking nine years old, um, less, probably eight years old, and um, every day I would take it. So from about seven or eight years old on, every single day I would take uh, the ADD meds, and they worked well. I mean, they worked well, dude. Like I remember telling my being in fourth grade, telling my parents, uh, I feel like a robot. Like uh, like I feel like I'm not having outbursts. Like I'm able to control myself more. Um, everything is a little bit more clear and I'm able to get my work done much better. But, um, 
it's a drug. It's a drug. That's one thing that people have to understand. These, these prescription pills are drugs. They're real drugs. They have real effects. So, I mean, I was, what, fucking seven years old taking these things every single day. And obviously the dosage upped and everything. So around, I'm not even sure the grade. It was either a fifth or sixth grade. Um, I was, my dad was out doing some race in Montauk or something like that. And, uh, I was feeling a little down. Like I said, it was another one of the ways that I was always different from a lot of the kids. Cause my, I would have weird mood swings and I would, sometimes I would just get really down on myself for like long periods of time. And, um, uh, my dad just came up to me crying. He's like, right. Like, I think you have depression. And I was like, like dad, like, I mean, obviously I didn't say what the fuck is that? Cause I was 10 years old, but <laughs> But um, uh, that's why I was thinking, like, what is that? Like, I was more concerned that my dad is, you know, crying, telling me this. And uh, so anyway, once I got home, went to the doctor, got on some uh, other prescription pills, uh, antidepressants, eventually anti-anxiety. So I went to control this depressive feeling that I was constantly having as a kid. I remember, I mean, just playing with kids in the neighborhood, being like, uh, dude, like, why, they were like, why do you feel so down? Like, like why do you not want to come out today? I was like, I just don't, like, I'm just not feeling it man and that's what it was and it's steady it, I had my ups and downs especially on the meds because the meds did help for a certain period of time but uh so I mean come high school like um I had been on these med these meds for you know five six years um both uh I mean all three anti-anxiety antidepressant and um uh the ADHD medicine so uh like I said the dosage kept getting higher and higher because I kept getting more and more fucked up, I guess, but, um, uh, no, so then I really started to, like, notice the difference between when I was on this and when I was off this, and, like, if I didn't take it in, like, middle school or high school, people would be like, yo, there's something up with you, teachers would call my mom or something like that, like, there's something wrong with Ryan, um, and it was literally just me not being on the medicine, and, like, even the kids from middle school, like, I remember eighth grade social studies, like, kids just knew I was fucked, like, kids just <laughs> knew I was absolutely fucked, and, like, I was, like, I mean, like, I, was, I was a little kid, and I just had these, like, issues, and, like, I didn't know how to deal with them, so, uh, anyway, come high school, like, so I'm, I was a, I'm a super sociable guy, like, I like to hang out with people, um, have, have a decent amount of friends, I'd say, uh, like, I'm not hard to get along with, um, so I had a lot of friends in high school, but, um, I really just noticed the effects of these drugs that I was taking on me, and that it was difficult to function without them, so, you know, I wake up, you know, 7 a.m. on sophomore year in high school, um, I'm taking this, all three pills, just like it's nothing. So, you know, you'd, I think it was like Klonopin, Cymbalta, um, and then like fucking 60 milligrams of Vyvanse, which is like an absurd amount to be putting in your brain every single day. Um, so my demeanor was just so different on and off them. So anyway, fast forward a little bit. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a junior in high school, and I start to kind of take these drugs when I want as opposed to taking them every single day and just realizing, wow, this is a massive difference. Like, and then, you know, obviously my depression was out of control because I wasn't on them or I was off them or, and sometimes I'd be just bouncing off the walls in school and, uh, everything just changed, I guess, when I started to take them sporadically. So, uh, anyway, senior year, uh, things in my life changed a bit. I, uh, I went to, uh, uh, I, well, I mean, this was a while ago, but I went to a, a private Catholic high school, which I loved, by the way. I made a lot of friends, loved it. Um, but uh, I started to party a lot junior, senior year. Um, 
I was like 16 or 17, but uh, definitely started to, to party hard and to like take a get into other drugs. Like, like I smoked a lot of weed, things like that, like especially senior year. And um, and I was mixing that with these drugs that I was taking too sporadically. And then sometimes I would just take the drugs when drinking or when smoking and, you know, it make things a whole lot worse. So anyway, uh, so senior year, things start to get out of control. Like I'm, uh, I mean, I'm in school, but my drive for school that I used to have kind of just dwindled. Um, I, w- I mean, I was constantly partying, uh, I mean, drinking, smoking. Uh, I, I mean, I even had this girlfriend senior year that I was, I was always with, but I would do things behind her back all the time. And like thinking back on it, I just feel miserable about it. Like just senior year, I really started to become a fucking loser. And like, I mean, over the summer, it branched out into me selling things like pot, selling these, uh, some of these, some of those other drugs, like the, the Vivans, things like that. Um, and it just got out of control. And then, uh, I mean, obviously it was, I went to, I went to college. I went to college at Providence college. And uh, it did not get any better at all. It was, uh, I mean, the day my parents closed that dorm room door, I just went off the fucking walls. Like, I I, uh, I didn't know how to deal with myself. I wasn't ready for college. I missed my girlfriend. I, uh, all this stuff. And, and, and dude, I, I honestly, I don't remember half of my freshman year. Like, it, it was, it was, uh, it was just a constant, uh, mixture of the drugs and, and, and alcohol. Well, first semester freshman year more specifically, but, um, and I just felt miserable about myself and, and the depression. Cause when you take drugs and drink at the same time, I mean, they're, I mean, you, they counteract each other. You can't do that. So the depression was out of control. Like I would literally, my, the only things I did freshman year was, was, was drink, smoke. I mean, go to class occasionally and, and just party. Or lay in bed. And, like, I was so massively depressed. Every single day I was like, fuck, like, I don't want to be here. Like, my life sucks. Like, I would blame everything on everybody else. I'd be like, this is just, get me out of here. Like, dude, it was it was so bad. Like, I, I, I literally, I can't even, I get emotional thinking back to how miserable I felt, like, October, November, senior year. Because it was just, oh, dude, I did not want to be... I, I did not have it, had no desire to be alive. I was just like, and I, I was, I was selling pot at school. Like I was just doing, I was off the fucking chain. Like I was, I was messed up. And, uh, so anyway, like, uh, I, I continued to do just live life recklessly and just black out four or five days a week and take these drugs. Sometimes take too much. Sometimes don't take any. So, I mean, just not give a fuck about what I was doing. And, and, uh, I mean, there were numerous times where I where I came super close to just being like, all right, I'm going to go get a rope and just, like, end it all. So, uh, so I told my parents, I was like, yeah, I don't want to be alive anymore. Like, like this is, uh, this is, I'm miserable. Like, you got you to gotta come get me. Um, so, uh, so it was like, I think, late November, early December, and, and they drove down to, uh, to PC, and uh, they, they picked me up, and I, I never went back. Um, they, uh... So they said that we were going to a doctor and, um, like, to, to figure out the meds and to stuff like that. And, uh, I mean, they basically just asked me a bunch of questions there, like what my life had been like for the past, like, four or five months. I mean, and I told them the truth to some extent because I was still a fucking massive liar. Like, everything I did up until that point and even a little bit after, which I'll get into later, was just, I mean, I cheated, I lied my fucking ass off. I cheated and lied like crazy. I mean, 
I don't think 50% of the things I told my parents was a fucking lie. Um, but, uh, anyway, so I, I talked to the, to the doctors there, told them, you know, I've been drinking, smoking, I mean, every single day. I mean, I think I said five days a week because I lied. But, um, uh, anyway, uh, so, um, they, they converse a little bit, my parents and the doctors, and, um, I just get brought into this room and, uh, all of a sudden I find out like, yo, um, like you're, we're not, you're not allowed to leave. And I was like, what? Like, I was so confused and I just started freaking out, like absolutely freaking out. I was like, uh, asking the doctors, like, where's the anti-anxiety medicine? Like, like, give me, give me the medicine. Like I need to calm down. Like absolutely freaking out, like not even outside of my body, just like going crazy. And, um, so they, so they, so they, uh, there was a, I guess it was a, like a, either short time or extended say mental hospital type deal. Not really sure what it was. Don't really care to know. But, um, I was there for three days and I obviously was able to compose myself enough on the third day that where they were like, all right, this, this kid's all right. Um, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll release him on, on the count of the fact that he seems mentally stable to some extent. And, um, so the things I saw in there were just, were just, <sighs> I'm going to get emotional just thinking about, I mean, oh man, it was, it was a, it was a rough experience. So, I mean, and I came out, I came out, I remember walking out of the hospital and being like, all right, I'm never doing anything like that. I'm going to change myself as a person. And, uh, I mean, three days later, I went back to my same shit. I went back to the same fucking thing that I did. Um, got back in the car, started, you know, hot boxing the Highlander, smoking, smoking blunts everywhere, like just drinking all the time. Uh, and, and then I went to, uh, WCC for a semester to, um, to, I guess, transfer into another school because I, I still wanted to finish college. But, uh, I mean, that entire semester was an absolute shit show. I was still massively depressed. I mean, my girlfriend broke up with me. Uh, I was, I was in the same position. I mean, I was in the same position, just not, just not really saying much about, Ooh, like I'm going to hurt myself because then that would have brought my parents to be like, we, we got to take you out again. We, we got to bring you back again. And that, that entire time was still just me. Just, just, I don't even know why I was just lying and, and, and cheating and even stealing sometimes just for no fucking reason. I just, I don't know what brought about my sense of entitlement, but I would just, I, I just lived life on the edge. And I mean, I was selling pot like crazy. All the fucking neighbors knew all, all the whole world knew. And I mean, where do you get your pot? Oh, Ryan, you're getting your pot from Ryan. Like, Man, it, it was a it was a shitty time. But anyway, like I, I managed somehow to 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 get a 4-0 at, at WCC for the semester. So I transferred to Fordham, and things started to get better then. But uh, I was still, you know, I was um, I mean, especially sophomore year. Like I mean, basically it was it was still revolving around uh, just like like drugs, um, you know, smoking weed, like sex, you know. I mean, just just didn't I didn't care about things. I mean, I would go to class. But I, but I would still cheat, you know. I'd, I would lie to the professors, like, why didn't you go to class? Oh, I had a family emergency, you know, just right. little little things like that. But, like, it's wrong. So, so anyway, um, I'm about, like, 19 at this point, just, like, still living like that. Even with this, like, past, like, nobody knows. I mean, people know that, you know, like, I'm still a little crazy and, like, that I was probably, like, depressed in the past and stuff like that. But, um, like, nobody knows what I'm really thinking or doing, especially my parents, even though they probably had an idea. But I mean, even sophomore year, dude, like I was, especially when I was home, I was out of control. I just wouldn't come home and I would just go out and smoke and drink all day. I mean, sell pot all day long. 
and not and not do not have any responsibilities, not take any accountability. And for a reason that I still can't pinpoint, it's because I was lost. Mentally, I was lost. And like, I just didn't care. So this is a time period, I'm about uh, 19, 18, 19, 20. And uh, I'm gonna not mention these stories, but I have some absolutely obscene stories that some of my close friends know about. If you're listening, I, I bet you know what stories I'm talking about, but just absolutely ridiculous things that someone in my position, coming from where I came from, just shouldn't be doing. Like, I was nuts. I was out of control. Uh, I'm, I'm obviously not going to mention those stories. All right, so I'm going to fast forward a few years. Um, junior year. So everything kind of remained the same. I mean, I changed. I mean, I tried to get better myself as a little bit. Uh, actually, going into junior year, I picked up fitness as a hobby and got super into that. But um, I was still, like, I, I mean, I wasn't eating right then. I was just working out. I was still, like, I would, not acting great, obviously, doing all these degenerate things. Um, but then uh, going into my senior year of college, uh, I hiked. My dad and my brother and I actually went on this big hike to Mount Kilimanjaro in Africa. We summited Mount Kilimanjaro. It was a crazy experience. But it was about five or six days with no phone, no nothing, just straight hiking. And I just had a lot of time to, like, soul search. And I kind of realized then, like, some of the things I wanted to do, wanted to get my life in order a bit. Um, and that was probably the first instance of me being like, wow, I'm a fucking loser. Like, I want to I change a little bit. I need, I need to better my life. I know I want to be, I know I want to do great things, and I don't know why I'm living like this. So, uh, I mean, um, senior year came. Uh, I was dating another girl who was a great girl, but probably should not should have been dating. Um, and that relationship was just very toxic, and it just... Didn't make sense. Didn't put me in the right direction. Even like I said, super nice girl. Um, just we didn't have the same views. It was so that kind of put me back until um, not her, just the relationship kind of put me back until like towards the end of senior year when we broke up. And um, it was in January, in January of my senior year, I read. It's gonna sound funny because I bet a lot of you have done the same thing. But I read uh, this book by David Goggins called "Can't Hurt Me." And his story just blew my mind. Absolutely blew my mind. And um, I read the book in like two and a half days. And uh, that got me back into reading. Because reading was actually something that I loved prior to uh, to like fifth grade. When like electronics and stuff like that came out. But um, got so into reading. Got so into like learning about people that, that had struggles and overcame them and things like that. And, uh, like, I read Lone Survivor by Marcus Luttrell. I read uh, a bunch of, like, personal development books. I just got super into reading. And then um, in, like, February or, or early March, uh, I started listening to Andy Frisella's podcast, MFCEO Project. Fucking listen if you haven't. Um, uh, just about, like, personal development and, like, how to actually make yourself better. And so I kind of just took off from there. And, uh, I mean, I went on this uh, sort of a, what turned out to be a spiritual hike after I graduated senior year. Uh, I went on the Camino de Santiago. It's this long hike throughout Spain. And I, I mean, for 14 days, I just soul searched and uh, kind of realized the things I wanted to do. Realized that, wow, like I, I know I want to make massive change in my life and I, and I want to start going about doing that. So uh, when I came back, I, I started a program called 75 Hard. Basically, uh, uh, no cheap meals for, uh, for two and a half months. Uh, two workouts a day, gallon of water, progress pictures. Uh, I don't know what else. I mean, it's a great fucking program. It it it, it is what 
knowing I wanted to change my life, doing that program made me really be like, wow, I'm going to change my fucking life and do great things. I got a certified personal trainer instructor uh, certification. I mean, life just kind of took off once I graduated. Um, I just was, I mean, reading these books and listening to these podcasts and just trying every way to eat healthy and just better myself in every way just totally changed my life. And like, I, I stopped smoking weed. I stopped, uh, I stopped just living like a degenerate basically. I mean, after 75 hard, I, I mean, I ran a fucking Ironman. Just I just like decided one day I'm, I'm going to run an Ironman. I just really wanted to, to make big changes in my life. And I did. And I, I mean, I'm just getting started. Uh, it's, uh, it's been about like nine months since I really started to maybe even a year since I really started to try to make changes in my life. And I mean, Everything has gotten better. People are like, wow, dude, you're always happy. And you know what? I'm fucking always happy. I'm always happy. I'm literally always happy. I'm the happiest guy I know because now I know how to deal with these negative things and to kind of just overcome hard shit. And like, I'm, if you're struggling, nobody's going to make change to yourself. No, nothing is going to make change in this world. No environment, no person, no location nothing is going to make change besides you and that's what I did and that's what I just told myself and I mean I mean I have I have two great job offers right now um I mean I just got a bunch of stuff going for me right now uh I'm I'm a personal trainer I mean I I I, I do I just have so many plans that I'm not going to discuss now for the sake of time but um so many big plans for the future and uh, I'm super excited for what's to come and I and I I really wanted to share my story to, to show that even though when, I mean, I was basically at rock bottom, like freshman year, like I was like, I mean, I was, I was thoughts away from, from going to get the rope and just being like, yeah, I'm, I'm out. But, uh, I didn't do it. And obviously it was a great decision because, uh, I, I'm where I am now and, uh, I've never been happier. Dude. I love that story, man. I think it's, it's so interesting how one, how similar your story is to me, but but interesting in the in the grand scheme of things about how you were able to go from this place of darkness, this place of despair, and like you said, rock bottom. I mean, like when you're thinking about ending your life, like that is pretty much rock bottom. And to pull yourself out to a point in your life where you're saying to yourself, like, I'm the happiest guy I know, I'm happy every single day, like, that's incredible. And and to be able to uh, share that story like because I know you like and I've only really really known you like for where you are now and to see it like it makes it so much more meaningful to see you where you are now running the Iron Man, doing these hard things every single day chasing your goals being happy and it's incredible to see that you know you weren't always like this like you you pulled yourself out of it and I think the key to change in life is exactly what you said nothing on the outside is going to change you. Nothing in your environment is going to change you. No one else is going to change you. You have to do it yourself. And I think it's amazing that you were able to pull yourself out of the situation from like a victim mentality and take the mentality of total accountability and extreme ownership to really pull you out and make the change. So for someone listening to this right now, because I know there's people in my life who um, you know, are in that same rock bottom space that you have been in that place, for the people who are listening who are in that same place and like, you know, maybe they can't hike Kilimanjaro or something like that, or maybe they can't do these like crazy experiences for whatever reason, money, travel, whatever. What is something that, you know, you would tell that person right now to do like to, to really get them out of the place and show them that it is possible to get out of the place that they are. Cause, cause you realized it through these hikes and everything. So like what, what was that? 
thing that just made it just kind of click for you, like about life, like that just totally allowed you to take that accountability? I would say the number one thing that you have to do for starters in order to make change is to take accountability for the fact that you're the only one that's going to create it. So, I mean, I used to blame everybody else for my problems. Everybody. Like, I mean, even friends that were like, Telling my mom, Ryan's saying some fucked up shit right now. Like, I think you should go help him out. Like, I would be like, when I came out of the hospital, I was like, fuck you. Like, you're not my friend. Like, like thank you. I appreciate that, and I'm sorry for saying that then. But but um, taking accountability for everything in your life is the number one thing that you have to do in order to uh, to, to make change. And then um, um, from that, you have to do things that are going to help you grow, like where, whether it's reading, listening to podcasts, uh, working out consistently, eating right, uh, f- finding mentors, hanging out with good people, um, and changing your perception of negative things that happen. That's another big thing. Definitely, uh, with, I mean, everybody has shitty things happen to them, but if you change your perception to make it be like, oh, maybe you got injured or something like that, but what is that telling me? Oh, maybe I should take my foot off the gas a little bit. Like, just changing your perception of negative things in your life to being like like what have I learned from from being a loser that used to sell pot that was borderline about him to kill himself like I've learned that it's possible to change and that the darkest times make you better in a way because you can learn what you can do and you can learn what you want to do and how to be a better person yeah yeah absolutely man dude I, I totally love that and and that's the thing that I that helped me the most was just changing my perception because like reality isn't reality reality is your perception and if you can just change your perception, you change your reality. You change your perception, you change the way you feel about certain things, you change the way that you look at life, you change the way that you um, essentially take ownership of everything, right? Because if you see that everything is like your fault, then by default, then you're in control, right? Like as opposed to like being that victim mentality, like you say, where you're just like, fuck you, this is all your fault, this is not my fault. Like you're just a victim at that point and like you can't do anything, you feel helpless and you get to that place. But if you can just change that perception switch to say everything is my fault everything is in my control i'm accountable for everything that's when the thing starts to change and and before we start to get into like the nitty-gritty tactics like i think there's just also like one thing that i I definitely want to dive in a lot because I, i this this is the crux of this entire podcast is you know you say that you are the happiest guy you know you're happy every single day like where did that happiness actually come from like did it did it like what where is that deriving from? Like, yes, like I know you're definitely happy that you change your life about like around and everything like that and you turn yourself around and now you're like enjoying life. But like where exactly is that happiness created from? Just so people can get a sense to be like, I want to feel that same thing. Like where is it? Where is that coming from for you? I would just say that it's coming from like a burning desire to just constantly improve myself and knowing that I can and knowing that it's possible and seeing that the future's bright and things like, I mean, challenging myself, reading, all these types of things have kind of given me the tools to just know that I can do this. And once you see something's possible, I mean, I mean, everything changes. I mean, four years ago, I did not think happiness was on my happiness was not on my radar. Like it just wasn't, it, it wasn't there. It was non-existent. And, uh, like, um, you have to earn happiness. It's not just it's not just given to you. No one's, I mean, no one is entitled to being happy. No one is entitled to being financially stable, which by the way, I'm not, I'm very far from it. Um, but, uh, 
you have to earn the great things in life and you do it by just challenging yourself and constantly seeking improvement and I mean not giving up on what you want and you also got to find little things that you like in along the way like I mean I love to work out I love to to learn about like fitness and nutrition um I love to read you know I like to uh I like to hang out with my family I like to I like to enjoy my friends and hang out with my friends sometimes I mean it's just like the little things along the way help too just uh all these small details about life and all these small ways of improving yourself is the way to earn happiness. Small steps every day. Fuck yeah. So uh, Fuck in yeah, relation to happiness, I would uh, Ryan, dude, definitely awesome, say man. to Thanks stop comparing yourself to others. Dude, I mean, dude, of course, that's of one course. thing that really helped me. I completely kind of lived my life in comparison to other people and uh, let everybody else's judgments kind of kind of guide what I did in life and what other people thought of me. It was it was everything to me, and and now it literally just. I'm aware of what people think, but I do everything for myself and to make myself a better person. So when you focus on yourself and stop comparing yourself to others, I mean, everything gets better. Com comparison truly is the, the, the thief of joy. Yeah, yeah. No, I love that. I love, I love how you say it, you got to earn the happiness. It's not given to you. Like, it's something that you have to work towards every single day, right? Like, and, and the best part, I think, about that is that you like, it all starts with belief, right? And you said that, believing that change is possible and knowing without a fucking shadow of a doubt that it is possible that is keeping you happy every single day because like that's the same in my life like every time that i know that like there's something shitty that i'm doing or there's a problem in my life like just having that belief where it's like i can get out of this like just gets you so happy because like you're not just sitting there like all poopy pants being like oh fuck my life right like you're you're you know that you can take the steps to get out of it and like that gives you a sense of happiness and ease and also too i love like how you said it's it's looking back on like the tools that you are learning and knowing that you are well equipped to take on the challenges you're well equipped to to get better you're well equipped to improve yourself every day you're well equipped to chase your goals knowing all that builds that confidence in yourself to go forward right and then be happy about that and i think that's just such a beautiful concept so obviously this journey of transformation is something that's not easy right like like going through uh a total mindset shift where we're neurochemically. I mean, like it's a very difficult thing because like if, if you're in a place of depression or massive anxiety or like doing the same thing over and over again, it's literally like a neuro neural pattern in your brain and to go and switch that thing. I mean, it's not easy. So when you were going through this journey and there was the difficult times ahead, whether it's the actual transformation process or even the Ironman that you did, because dude, fucking Jesus. I mean, that is, that is not easy. Like not everyone can do that. What helps you get through those tough times? Like you said that you've learned some tools and, and strategies and coping mechanisms that have helped you get through the difficulty. So what exactly were those things so that the person listening who's going through tough challenge times in their life or challenges that they want to go to that they can implement so they can get the same, you know, the, the same outcome of being victorious as you did? So tough times obviously has a few connotations. Like it can be uh, whether you're struggling physically or it can just be that you're, you're mentally not in a good space. But, uh, I mean, I guess the first, the start to that is knowing that the tough times are going to end. So, uh, a super popular quote, a lot of, uh, you hear all over the place, I mean, this too shall end or something, shall, shall pass, something along those lines. Uh, I really, especially in tough times, uh, I really think that, and I really live by that. Also, I would uh, make it known that it's in your power to uh, change the tough times. Nobody else is, you're in control of changing this, even though they might be tough now. Is it going to be tough a year down the road? Is this, go is this situation going to be of my number one concern a year down the road? Probably not. 
you can probably change that. Um, another thing is, uh, to get out of tough times, um, obviously depends on the tough times, but uh, institute some form of discipline. If you don't have any discipline, if you're laying in bed all day, you're not going to get anything done and your times aren't going to change. Your situation's not going to change. If you make a regimen for yourself, whether it, you, you work out in the 5 a.m. in the morning, go to work, uh, come back home, uh, journal a bit, some shit like that, um, that's going to make your times better. And um, definitely just focus on the good. That's the last thing I would say. Um, I mean, in a really shitty situation, it could be a really sh shitty situation, but you can, like I said before, change your perception and look for the good and the bad. I mean, like, like all tough times come to an end, and uh, you, you, you got to look at it positively and just realize that it's going to end. Yeah, exactly. Like, no one's gone through tough times for their entire part of their life. Maybe a majority of their life, right? Like, it's, there, there are some people who have definitely gone through a lot of things, but just knowing that it can pass, it can be so powerful because, right, like, you know probably better than, than and I do too, better than a lot of people is that when you're in a really difficult situation, especially one that you don't believe you can get out of, you think you're going to be there forever. I mean, think about it. Like, that's why people want to end their lives, right? Because they, they genuinely don't think that there's better times ahead. Like, they genuinely think that there is no way out and that this suffering is going to happen forever. So, of course, like, you know, suicide seems like a good option. option. Yeah. It, it does. But to your point, and I love this, is that suicide is a permanent solution to a temporary problem. Exactly. That's a great way to put it. Yeah, exactly. And, and knowing, telling yourself this is temporary, this is going to end, this is going to get through is, is just, you know – and it, it, it relates to that second or the last point that you said was changing your perception, right? You're changing your perception around this thing is going to be forever to one of this thing is going to be permanent. All I have to do is endure. I have to build that skill set to endure and, and push through it. And, and, and the way that you do that is like, I love, I just, I love recapping these things because I implement the same things in my life is, is that practice of discipline. Like when you're able to have that practice of discipline and, and to, to be on a regimen where you're going through the things every single day, like you, you build that toughness, you callous your mind as Goggins said, you know, in his, in his book, Can't Hurt Me, to, to well equip, to be well equipped enough to, to handle those challenges, push through and, and be victorious. So um, one thing that I think is so cool too is how you went from a place of hopelessness to like, hey, I want to end my life to one where you're setting these big goals. And before this podcast, you know, we talked about the goals that you want to do. And I told you, I was like, I'm so fucking excited to hear about all the things that you're, you know, you have set for yourself. So how do you view like goals? Like, do you dream big? Do you dream small? Like, like what, what is kind of the, the way that you view setting goals in a way that's, you know, allowing you to be as happy and fulfilled as you are in your life and and maybe give an example of like you know one or two goals or as many goals as you want of you're going for in your year so people can uh you know start off their life if they want to take that new direction setting big goals for themselves and going for it i actually just want to touch one more point on the uh, on the tough times uh how to get through tough times yeah. knowing that other people have it so much worse than you and that, you know, people are out there with no limbs hiking mountains and, uh, you know, people are out there at war and they're still able to make a massive comeback and just change their life really gives you power to yourself to be like, wow, I can do this too. There's no reason. If someone can't do it, why can't I do it? So anyway, uh, related to, in relation to goals, uh, I mean, I, I write everything down. Like a lot of people that like know me, like I used to write the most ridiculous shit down because I had anxiety and like everything needed to be written down. Otherwise I would just go insane. But um, I write all my goals down. Uh, 
approach them systematically and uh, attack them a few at a time. So, like, for example, over the summer, like, the goal was to train for Ironman and to, to get my certified personal training license and uh, to complete 75 hard. Got those all done because you took them systematically, a couple at a time, few at a time, and you, you go from there. Um, if you don't write down your goals or if you don't have your goals in mind – you're just you're you're shooting blank in the wind like you're 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 not having any direction and and there's no uh without definitive purpose or direction I mean what the hell are you doing like what are you aiming for you have to have a certain aim but I mean in relation to my goals um I want to I mean my physical goals I my lifetime physical goal I mean there was never a time that was more incredible I think in my life than being on top of well I mean I guess in different circumstances but being on top of Mount Kilimanjaro was an incredible time of my life. Just, uh, I mean, you're 19,000 plus feet up and you're like watching the sunrise. This is fucking cool. So, uh, I mean, when I was coming down the mountain, I kind of just set an internal goal. I was like, all right, before I die, like I'm going to hike all seven summits. So, so that's one of my goals. I will hike all seven summits. And if I die trying, I fucking die trying, but I'm going to hike all seven summits. Uh, that's one of them. Um, I want to, I'm in the very, very beginning stages, but I would, uh, like to build a, a big, um, uh, personal training business uh, to kind of help people make their lives better through fitness and nutrition. I think that I'm super passionate about that. Uh, but, I mean, I'm not going to go into a lot of goals, but those are just two of the main ones. Um, of course, approach them systematically and just uh, constantly focus on them. I mean, I especially over the summer when I had those three goals, I had them written on my door every time I walked out. I would see those goals and I'd be like, that's what my goal is. That's why I'm getting up at 5 a.m., 4 a.m. to go bike fucking 50 miles. Like, that's why I'm doing this because I want this and I'm going to go get it. Yeah, I fucking love that. And it's such a good conversation. I mean, right now, I mean, for those listening, it's I think this episode is coming out in February. But like right now, we're, we're a few days away from New Year's Eve. And it's that time of year when everyone's fucking, you know, saying, oh, these are the goals that I want to have the next year and blah, blah, blah. And then by the time... For some of you listening to this podcast, and totally be fucking honest with yourself if, if this is you right now, we'll get to the point and they'll be like, oh shit, well, I haven't gotten anywhere. It's only February, like, so fuck it. I, I already considered it a loss. And it's because I, I truly believe that it's to your point. They're not looking at them every day. Like, you don't write them down. Like, they're not writing them down. They're not looking. Like, I love how you said, exactly, right? It's like a fucking shotgun approach. And when you're not looking at those goals every day, you're not connecting with them. And I love how you said it. I literally got the chills when you said it. You're like, I look at these goals and I realize, remember why I want to do these things. Like if you don't build that excitement and that burning desire to go get that goal, you're not going to stay on track with it. You're going to be aimless. You're going to fucking just, you know, go have shiny object syndrome and just look at the next fucking big thing and not have these any big goals for your life to the point where you're just going to like, you're going to be doing stuff you're not going to be doing the stuff you really want deep to your core. And I think that's so cool. And I love the goals that you have. Seven summits. That's fucking awesome. I love the way that you phrased it too. And I want everyone listening to take note of how he fucking phrased it. He said, I will climb the seven summits and I will die trying. Even if, if I die, I'll, you know, die trying and so be it. And you said, I will do it. Like you stated it in, as, if, as if it's already done, which gives you that confidence. Like you said, like, like, you know, we were kind of talking about before. Exactly. So yeah, let, let's go right into that. Like, a lot of people and, and dude, even to me since at sometimes like I'll have these like crazy, crazy goals. Like for me, like I want to, you know, be the next Tony Robbins. I really do. And holy shit, like to, to be someone as good, if not better than Tony Robbins, that's a like, that's a long fucking difficult road. Cause Tony's the goat in my opinion. So how do you build some, how do you build the confidence every single day to be able to go after goals like 
reaching every single seven summit to, or, or in my case, to be the next Tony Robbins, right? Like, like what, what are the keys to building confidence? Cause I'll be quite honest. Like, I think you're one of the most confident guys that I know. Like there's no one in my life that I know better than you who goes out and says, yeah, there's this challenge. I'll, I'll never forget this. And I, I kind of want to just tell the audience just to illustrate it. I remember we were texting back and forth about a Spartan Ultra. And for those who listen to the podcast, you know that I did one in Hawaii. And that was something that took me a while to sign up for. Me and Ryan were talking about it. And he just goes, yeah, I'm just going to fucking sign up for the one, uh, one, you know, in April. Like, fuck it. I'm just going to sign up for it. Just right off the bat, like nothing. And I was like, holy shit. I remember turning to my friend who did it with it. I was like, this motherfucker just signed up for the Spartan Ultra. Like it was nothing. And he was just like, fuck it. And that was like, that was, that was in the very beginning stages of me kind of reconnecting with you yeah. and uh through like instagram but yeah yeah that, that was fucking crazy but how do you build the confidence um every single day to do something like that and to achieve or not, not just achieve but to go for those goals and say you know i'm gonna go for it even if i die trying you have to create a vision uh, for, for 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 what you want to do uh you have to know that you don't know everything you have to know that you have a lot to learn i mean age doesn't matter you you have to just Know that there's room for improvement and um, know that if you want it badly enough, that it's possible. Um, like, uh, I mean, when I was when I was training for uh, Iron Man, like I got hurt in the process um, because it was obviously I was just not being smart because I was too short of a period to uh, to be training. It was only about three and a half months and uh, I got an overuse injury. But um, I was so dead set on doing the race that um, I when I was in Arizona prior to the race, three, four days prior to the race, um, I told myself in my head that, I mean, this race is already over. I already finished the race. Um, I, I mean, this, this, um, I was just so confident about it. I drilled it in my head so much that, oh, I'm, I'm already an Ironman. Like, this is, it's over. Like, I'll do anything to get to the end of the finish line. Um, and uh, having massive belief in yourself, that's created from either past experiences or just knowing that you don't know it all is is what's it's just what the key is yeah yeah and so like what are some of those experiences that that help you to to build that belief in yourself like specifically like what are the, what are the things that either people can do or maybe people can pull from their past in order to to create that from their past experience because i i totally agree with you but like and the reason why i'm like kind of digging on this because like if people can fucking get this like it will give them confidence. And I know this because I've seen it in you and I've seen it in myself. So like how, like what, what is that? What are those experiences like that people can create from themselves to build confidence or that they can pull from their past that is going to help them to give them confidence? Have you ever done something that you didn't think you could do? I bet you have. And when you do it, you're like, wow, I just did that. And it wasn't the worst thing in the world probably wasn't the worst thing in the world. So like those little things, they kind of compound and it's like, holy shit, I could do this. Um, a lot of really successful people, entrepreneurs, things like that. Um, they talk about if someone can do it, why can't someone else? So uh, one man can do what any other man can. So like th some of these crazy men have done these insane feats. Like, I mean, Goggins, you know, people creating business, multi, multi-billion dollar businesses from nothing. If they can do something like that, why can't you, run an Ironman. Why can't you hike a mountain? Why can't you? It's just uh, putting it into perception and realizing that it might be crazy. Yeah. It might be like a very tough goal, but everybody, if they want to do it bad enough, can do it. Yes, absolutely. And, and you nailed that on the fucking head, man. I mean, it's like the two things. It's like just remembering like the fact that you've done things in your life that you didn't think you can do and then you overcame it. That can give you the confidence enough because you're like, fuck, I feel the same way about this thing. 
But if I've done that in the past with things that I felt the same way, well, why can't I do it with this? Exactly. Let's say, for example, let's say, let's say you're losing weight for, you lose 20 pounds for a wedding or something like that. And you're back up six months later and you're like, fuck, I got to lose 20 pounds again. But you think, wow, like I already did that. And it was, was it really that bad? Probably wasn't that bad. Why can't I lose 30 pounds this time? You know, you, you can, as long as you go the fuck after it. Yes, exactly. Yeah, I love that. And it's just, it's like just a matter of remembering and pulling those things out. And like Goggin says, like, it's having that cookie jar, right? Exactly, yeah. Having that fucking cookie jar. Yeah, dude, I love that shit too. I think that that is, that is just so, so awesome. Like to, to have that repertoire of that cookie jar. And like, I know you mentioned journaling in there. Like, what are your kind of journaling practices look like? Cause like for me, I'll just kind of give insight into that. Cause it relates to the cookie jar thing is like, I like to write down like the things that I like at the end of each week. I used to do this daily, but I think it's a little too much. Um, so now I switch to weekly. But at the end of every week, like I write down like my wins for the week. Like what did I do well? What are the things that I accomplished? Like what are the challenges I overcame? And that builds that cookie jar kind of thing for me to pull out whenever like I'm in the middle of a tough challenge or I don't believe in myself or I feel like there's something that I can't do. It, that journaling helps me out. So I know you mentioned journaling. Like, what does your kind of journaling practice look like? Is it similar? Is it different? Like, how does it help you? And like, do you recommend people to go out and, and journal every single day? Or so I mean, when I was a kid, I used to journal every day. But like, you know, I'm fucking busy. I got stuff to do. Like, I don't. And maybe I should, but I don't journal every day. I don't write down. Oh, like today I had lunch with you know. Casey, like I'm, I don't, I don't, I don't write down things like that, or uh, I don't even write down my weekly goals personally. But um, um, I do set uh, uh, goals for a three-month period and a one-month period that I look at consistently, and um, kind of go at it that way. I also write down daily tasks that I have to do the night before I have to do them for the day, and I go at it that way. So that I definitely I don't write about what happened in my day, but I write about what I need to get done in that day. So normally three to five things that I need to get done that day and go get it done. That's awesome. Yeah, it's kind of like the powerless from, from yeah, yeah, a- Andy Versella. Yeah, yeah, the powerless Andy. Fucking love that guy. Um, I also, um, it's not quite journaling, but I have this, uh, like I read a lot, I listen to a lot of podcasts. I have this book called The Quote Book. I just call it that. And it's, um, it's uh, basically just a competition of all the really inspirational or like quotes that I like to live by. And I kind of write them down. I mean, I have 100 pages filled in uh, in this uh, green book that I call the quote book. And every once in a while, I'll look at it and I'll just be like, I love that. Like, you know, this is this is something that I just love to do, you know, or it's not something that I live by. You know? Oh, okay. so I love this guy. I love this guy, uh, Jesse Itzler. Um, yes. uh, he has two quotes um, that I really like. Um, one is very simple. It's just remember tomorrow. And uh, it means, like, remember how you're going to feel tomorrow or the position you're going to be in tomorrow if you do or don't do this thing. So I really like that. I also like, uh, you didn't come this far to only come this far. That's another Jesse Issa quote. Um, that's what I thought about, like, during the Ironman. I was definitely pretty beat up. And, uh, I mean, I wasn't going to quit anyway, but I just kept telling myself that. So yeah. those are those are two of my favorites for sure. Yeah, man, dude. Those, those are pretty powerful quotes. Um, I love that, too. And I feel like you're also living by Jesse Isler's, Isler's, fuck, I can't speak right now. Jesse Isler's uh, concept of life resume. Like, you're building your fucking life resume by doing all this crazy shit. Like, the Iron Man, the Spartan Ultra, and the fucking, you know, the Seven Peaks and stuff like that. And uh, I think that's just a really, really cool guy. And you can definitely see, like, through your own life that you're living out the lessons, like, every single day. So, on the concept of, like, 
taking action, like, right, because I believe that knowledge is not power. I believe that applied knowledge is power. So for someone, I, I know, like, the biggest barrier that people have, for the most part, to executing on their dreams, to making the change that they want in their lives, to becoming the person that they want to become is because they're not taking action and, and they're just thinking about it because I know many people who say, yeah, I'll listen to all these podcasts, I'll read all these fucking books, like, those things are great, like, you should definitely do all those things, but it means nothing if you're not, like, implementing the action. So what would you say to someone who isn't taking action, who's either procrastinating or is just like, fuck it. Like, I just don't want to do this. Like, how do you, how do you get yourself to take action? Or, you know, if you were coaching someone like in, you know, your, your training practice, like, like what is the key to being able to actually go out and take action? Well, how bad do you want it? If you don't want it bad enough, then it doesn't matter. It goes right out the window. You have to, you know, if you want to take action, you have to want it bad enough and, if you want it bad enough, you will take action. But uh, sometimes it's tough to take action. I understand that. I procrastinate sometimes, absolutely. Um, definitely one thing to be to, to combat that is uh, obviously discipline. Just uh, institute like uh, three things that you have to do every single day before you go to sleep, for example. Let's say you got to work out. I got to read for 10 minutes, and I have to uh, like send three emails. Just, just don't go to bed until you get it done. It's that simple. Don't go to sleep. Another thing is just uh, think about how you feel when that goal or that one thing is actually done. Since you've done it in the past, you've done that workout in the past when you didn't feel like it. Think about how you feel after before you do it. And you'll be like, wow, like, I got to go do it because it actually feels good. Like, that's that's another huge thing. So definitely those uh, two or three things would, would really help with that. Yeah, dude, I totally love that. Like, to, to project yourself in the future being like, if I get this done, I'm going to feel great. Or if I don't get this done, I'm going to feel like shit, right? Like, because how many times, like, have, have you, I, I, and if not you, then definitely me, like, have been a thing that's like, I'm going to do this thing today. You don't end up doing it. You hit the bed in the pillow of the night, and you're like, fuck. Feel like shit. Yeah, you feel like shit. Feel like shit. You feel like shit. When was the last time you felt good when you sat on the couch and watched TV for five hours? Never. Not once. Never. Not once. Also, like, um, well, I mean, realistically, unless you're, you know, pushing a six-minute mile pace or you're busting your ass, when was the last time you went out for a small run or a 5K or something like that and didn't feel either physically good or mentally accomplished after? It just doesn't happen. Right, right, right. And it's, it's born in, like, doing those hard things, right? Like, oh, doing absolutely. the difficulty and the hard things and, and things like that. And so why, why we were actually talking about this when we were working out today, and I think it's, it's a concept that people don't understand as much, right? They see you doing the Iron Man, and they're like, why the fuck are you doing this? Or, like, they'll see me, like, post on Instagram doing, like, a burpee mile, and they're like, you're fucking insane. Like, why would you do that? Why is it important to get out of your comfort zone because that is such a fucking cheesy I don't want to say cheesy but it's such a fucking thrown around Instagram quote like get out of your comfort zone but I feel that very 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 few people actually live it because they don't understand they don't understand why it's so important so for you why is it so important and how do you reframe discomfort in a way that's going to serve you as opposed to have that mentality of fuck that shit I'm not going to go towards it alright I like you said it's crazy overused People say it all the time and then don't institute it for shit, but discomfort is the only place where growth comes. It's the only place where growth comes. No one is going to... The hard times is the only place where growth comes. The I mean, 
life is hard and it doesn't come easy. You have to do the hard things in order to grow. Like, you don't necessarily... And it, it's relative to everybody. If it's hard for you to, to run a fucking mile and you get it done, good for you. You grew that day and you got better. Not everybody has the same definition of being hard or, or, or doing hard things. If you don't challenge yourself, you're, you're never going to... You're never going to grow. And just because somebody's challenging their self is harder than, than, what, than what yours is... Don't be like, that's fucking crazy. Be like, I mean, that's that's pretty cool, and I can challenge myself in my own ways. I mean, like, I mean, there's people out there that are, that are running 100-mile races. I think that's fucking wild, and I think that's crazy, but I'll probably do that one day, to be honest. So, <laughs> that's, maybe that's a bad example, because I'll probably do that. <laughs> but um, just, just really, uh, and it brings such happiness and such fucking, you feel great when you, when you finish up something hard. It's just nothing better. And it's, it's, it's that sense of earned happiness like you talked about earlier in the podcast, right? You feel like you've earned it. You feel like you've fought for it. And there's, a, there's that rewarding feeling as opposed to like something that's given to it. And I mean, and, and you listen to the podcast episode with Michael Eckert. He talks about how... He's the fucking man. I want to meet him. Dude, he is, he is fucking awesome. Yeah, he's a, he's a great guest. I want to beat his pull-up record. Oh, yeah? Let's fucking go. I'm going to set, set up a, a pay-per-view event for you and him to go at it. But, but he talks about how he... Like, there was two different cars that he's had in his life. One that he got, it was given to him by his parents, and he beat the shit out of it and didn't care about it. And then the one that he bought with his own money. And he took care of that thing because he earned it, and he worked hard for it, and he put the money aside for it. And that led him to take care of his, his you know, the car much better. It's kind of the same thing with your life, right? Absolutely. I mean, when, when let's say you, your parents give you something, your parents give you a... You know, a hundred dollar watch or something like that. Are you gonna take as much care of that thing as if you bought it? Absolutely not. It's you earn that shit. You're not gonna lose that shit. I mean, I the, the the major purchases I've made, I'm not losing that shit. Like it just, it's it's a whole different concept. You have to earn these things in order to really appreciate them. In order to really know these things. I mean, it's just so important to 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 appreciate the fact that you need to earn things. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And it makes you not want to. Like by appreciating those things that you've worked for, it makes you not almost want to go back to what you are not having it. And it, and I don't mean materialistically, but I mean like the life that you create for yourself. I mean like you've created this this life of discipline, of 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 resiliency, of happiness that I'm sure you don't want to go back to the other stuff because you appreciate what you have so much now because you know how dark it is. But we're getting to the tail end of the podcast, and I want people to understand this is like because I, I get this question all the time you even asked me you know some similar variant of this question but like wh- what keeps you from going back like to where you were before and and why why is the person you are now like someone who is never going to go back to that place because what I thought was really interesting was in your intro story when you were talking about your stories that you went to um you know, what was it, the, the mental hospital, rehab uh, facility? Some, some, some hospital. Yeah, some but you, you said you were like, you saw things in there that totally rocked you to your core, and you were like, fuck, this is crazy. But then you went right back, right? You went right back to your old kind of habits. Not, Not to, the to the mental, mental hospital mental itself, but to the, the old type old of habits that I was doing, yes. Exactly, that's what I meant, yes, the old type of habits. But then when you went on, you know, Kilimanjaro, like, you've never been back. So, like, what is what is keeping you from going back, you know, like from your old ways and to not only maintain where you are now, but get fucking better every single day. So once you, once you create happiness and earn happiness, it, it's the greatest fucking feeling in the world. It's the, um, for example, when I left, 
in my freshman year when I left that asylum or oh, what, I don't even know what it was. Who cares? But um, uh, when I left there, I, I was like, I don't want to go back there ever again. And I didn't go back there ever again. But I wasn't happy and I wasn't ready to make change in my life either. I was still unprepared in, in my uh, mental skills, my physical skills. I wasn't I wasn't up to par in, the, in in that realm. So so I just went right back to doing what I what I what I have had always done or had done for the past few years. But um, uh, knowing that there's so much improvement to be made and loving the things that I'm doing now and having great relationships and just loving every aspect of life, even the negative things, because I can grow from them. It's just like, why the fuck would I ever want to go back to such to such misery when I when I when I can constantly improve myself and and and, and know that uh, I'm always looking up. It just I'm, I'm constantly improving myself and things are always getting better. Uh, and anyway, I just want to I want to say one final thing, um, kind of a few things, but um. Like, I have definitely changed my life significantly, uh, especially from where I was at, you know, four or five years ago. But um, I am in no, by no means perfect or, or, I mean, I mean, I procrastinate often, you know, like, but I try to com- combat that. Like, I, uh, I do stupid shit sometimes, like, you know, but I, I, I still try to get better. Like, we all fuck up. Like, I'm not a perfect person, but I'm going to do everything I can to get better. Like, I mean, I'll... I'll have too many drinks sometimes, you know, I'll, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, I'm working to better myself, but I'm not saying that, oh, I can't, you know, things aren't going to happen along the way. Like, you know, especially like, I mean, even the past 10 days, like I've haven't been super disciplined. Like I've been off of my, it's been like a vacation for me. Like I have, but it's, I haven't been doing everything I can be to, to, to maximize growth. But it's important to know that those times are going to happen, but as long as you can bounce back and know you can bounce back and and uh, realize that there's always room for improvement and that you can get back to where you are or go to where you want to be, that's super important. Yeah, no, dude, and I appreciate the humility to go out and say that, you know, you're not perfect and everything, because I think well, now... I mean, that's not even humility. Nobody's fucking perfect, but you, you, I know what you mean. Well, yeah, because uh, in, in, you know, Instagram world and social media, it's the highlight reel, and you have so many fucking people out there who are just saying, like, hey, like, you know, my life's perfect, I got it all figured out, like, here's the shit, like, you know, and and, and people, and that's, that's, that's my worry, is, like, I'm always posting these things, like, for what I'm doing and what you're doing and stuff like that. But like people need to understand, like, you know, everyone's human. Everyone's got their downfalls and like to not feel so bad on themselves. Like when, when they fuck something up or when they get off track, I think there is a place for being hard on yourself when you're going too far off the path and disciplining yourself. But at the same time, like I think from like a mental health perspective and from, um, not letting your emotions get the best of you like to to realize that like when you fuck up like you're human like it's not okay i shouldn't say it's okay because sometimes like you fuck up it really isn't okay but like you you have to not see that as a flaw like like that you're any different than anyone else so you just got to be like yeah Yeah, fuck this is normal yeah i mean i'm just because i'm getting better with my life and myself like i'm not a machine you know i'm not i i Struggle just as much as anybody else. In fact, I probably struggle more because I got this fucking ADHD that makes me stare at squirrels every 10 seconds. But so uh, anyway, I guess to close, um, I would just say that like I'm still the same person. Like I'm still the same old goofball. Like my friends know who I am. But um, everything about my mentality has completely changed, completely evolved. Um, I I really I feel like I have my shit together and uh, like I'm I'm excited for the future. Um, Obviously, I'm far from perfect. I have a far long way to go. 
Um, uh, I fuck up a lot. I, I procrastinate constantly, but uh, you know I'm, I'm always fighting that and, and tr- trying to do something to better myself. Um, but uh, I just want everybody to know that um, uh, change is like truly, truly possible if you commit all your effort to trying to change. I mean, uh, five years ago, I was a total loser, absolute loser. I was, I hated myself. I there was no future for me. I felt like. Um, and, uh, and I mean, and, and prior to that, I was, I mean, I was addicted to prescription drugs for, for 10 years and I changed. So, and I know that people have had crazier stories than me that I've completely changed as well. So if, if, if I can do it, I just, I persuade you guys to all go after what you want and, and to make a change for the better in your life. And, uh, finally, I just want to thank my uh, parents for, ne- for always standing with me, standing by me the whole way, even when I was really dark times. Uh, everything they've done for me is super big and super important, super helpful. And uh, all my friends who've obviously always been there for me by my side. And I just apologize to anybody that uh, I've kind of said bad shit about in the past or done malice to or anything in, in, in that regard. So, uh, so Joe, I, I appreciate you having me on the podcast. I hope that uh, the listeners can get some value from that. Mm, that's beautiful, man. That's that's awesome. I got a little emotional just hearing that because that's 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 fucking special, man. And and to be able to go back and own that and and to see the beauty and the appreciation that people are giving you, I think it's it's an incredible gift and a, and a really beautiful mindset to have. So um, before I get to my last question here, where can all listeners find you on Instagram if they're interested in learning more about you, seeing what you're up to? Uh, maybe if they even if they want a personal trainer and they're in the area, wh- where can they uh, they find you and reach out to you? Um, well, I have this fitness page that is just very in the very beginning works. I mean, I haven't really posted much real content, but um, on on Instagram, I'm I'm Rye Wills Fitness R Y W I L S Fitness. Um, my, my real page is, my main page is, uh, rwills258. If you, uh, you can reach out to me on either of those places. Uh, I would definitely love to speak to whoever, especially if you have a similar story, like, you know, reach the fuck out to me because I would love to talk to anybody that's been through some shit that, that either hasn't come out about it or wants to come out about it or wants recommendations or even needs fitness advice. Like just anything, like I'm so happy to help anybody that wants to speak to me. Hell yeah, man. I love it. I love it. Yeah. And I totally encourage you guys to dig in this guy's world and, and see all he's all about, especially if you're going through something really, really tough. You're in that place of helplessness and hopelessness, and maybe you're in that victim mentality. And if you are, take ownership of it. Like, yes, it's going to suck to really look at yourself and be like, fuck, this is how I'm but thinking. Life gets so much better after. Exactly. Boom. He said it the best way. So take it from him. And for my last question here, Ryan, what does fulfillment mean to you and what fulfills you in life? Fulfillment means to me doing things that you know might be challenging, might be difficult, or uh, might require a lot of effort, but you know are going to make you happy in the long run and uh, will make you a better overall person. Uh, I just think that it's, it's, it's super important to, to know what your goals are and to, and to really challenge yourself. So, like, like the podcast says, I mean, uh, how you feel about yourself when you're with yourself, when you're by yourself. Like, I feel... When I'm, when I'm when I'm waking up in the morning I feel I feel pretty great about myself that I get to start a whole new day, you know. 
Alright everyone, thank you so much for tuning into this episode of The Art of Fulfillment. We really appreciate you taking the time to listen and we would really, really appreciate it if you could leave a review or subscribe if this podcast had some value to you because not only does it feel great to get that uh, review and all those great feedback from you guys, um, but it also helps us to touch more people, reach more people, and ultimately help more people create fulfilling lives for themselves because that is truly why we started this podcast. It's why we do it we do and uh we know that you're on your this mission with us so uh that would be really appreciated and if you want any questions or have any questions i should say on personal development fulfillment meditation uh anything under the realm of the stuff that we usually cover in this show feel free to send me a dm directly at joe corsione on instagram sorry joe corsione on instagram having a little bit of a tough time talking now um, but you can send me a DM with any of your questions. I'd be more than happy to connect with you and feel free to give me a follow there as well. And you can also read out, reach out to us directly on our Instagram page at art of fulfillment as well. That's where we're most active. And yeah, we'd love to hear from you guys. And we always love, uh, connecting with all of you, uh, that come onto the show and listen. Um, so that's pretty much it everyone. And we'll see you again next Wednesday. And remember, create a fulfilling life for yourself.